This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Two wonderful Game 7s last night that see the Ducks and the Pittsburgh Penguins advance to the conference final for the waiting Nashville Predators and the Ottawa Senators. So the final four is set in the east. It'll be Ottawa and Pittsburgh. In the west, it'll be Nashville and Anaheim. Let's start with the game last night between the Penguins and the Capitals. All right, you have to start with the negative, and that is the Washington Capitals, again, can't get out of the second round. Now, there's a couple of different issues here. Let's get the, the one out of the way, the format. These two teams should have met in the conference final. I get it. But they didn't, and Washington, again, for the ninth time in ten meetings, lost to Pittsburgh. Again, they can't seem to match in the postseason what they're able to do in the regular season. And they played you know, a decent game, and they got shut out, but they got their shots. They got their opportunities. I thought uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was spectacular, uh, bounced back after giving up those five goals in Game 6 on home ice. So you saw his championship timber show up in a Game 7, and Pittsburgh just seems to know how to win those games. It's set in the DNA, right? I mean, the Penguins know how to win those games, and the Capitals do not. But as a collective, they don't. But look at individually. I mean, T.J. Oshie's played in big games internationally, right? You look at Justin Williams. That's the first time Justin Williams has been involved in a Game 7 in his career that the team lost. He had been 7-0 and in Game 7s that he appeared in, and now he's a member of the Washington Capitals, and he suffers his first loss. The Capitals have so many players they have to address in either unrestricted or restricted free agency. Starting with the forwards, Andre Barakovsky, restricted. Brett Connolly, restricted. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, restricted free agent. Daniel Winnick, unrestricted. TJ Oshie, unrestricted. Justin Williams, unrestricted. So some of the stuff that they went out and got to try to win now could walk out the door in Oshie and Williams. On the blue line, Orloff, who was a very consistent defenseman for them all year, restricted free agent. Nate Schmidt, who came in late when there were injuries, played well, restricted free agent. We know Shattenkirk's unrestricted. They knew that was a rental. Carl Olsner, who fought through injuries and played very well, unrestricted free agent. So I'm sure when they look at the Washington Capitals, they say, you know, we're going to have to make so many changes to this team. Who do we keep? Who do we not keep? And I know they won a President's Trophy, but they just can't get out of their own way in the playoffs. They've got the goaltender, they thought, and he's under contract. Uh, through the um, 2017-2018 season. So, obviously, Holpe's going to become a free agent after next year. So, he becomes unrestricted very soon. They've got so many issues they've got to deal with. And I've speculated about it. Other people have speculated about it as well. What do you do with Alex Ovechkin? One of the best players in the league, under contract through the 2021 season, He is a $9.5 million-plus cap hit. He he costs an amazing amount of money for the franchise, but he's one of the great players of all time. But when you go through the list of the great players in the history of the National Hockey League, it's so odd to see someone that in a 12-year span couldn't get out of the second round. Couldn't do it. Now, is it all on him? No, he was demoted to the third line. But do you, you wonder in a team that's in flux, in a team that's going to have to make a lot of decisions, would you think about making that Herschel Walker-esque type of deal where you were to trade Alexander Ovechkin and try to bring back a lot of picks, a lot of players, and just redefine who you are as a franchise? You can't keep firing coaches, right? Well, 
Bruce Boudreaux couldn't do it. Well, now Barry Trotz can't do it. All right? You went out and found your goaltender, who won 40 games in three consecutive years, not getting the job done in the postseason. Oh, we need to find winners. Well, let's bring in Justin Williams, who's won three Stanley Cups and played in seven game sevens in which his team always won, and you still lose. You built up a fan base, one of the loudest buildings in the room. You still lose. So I think you have to revisit everything. Now, he is an institution there in Washington. I used to go to Washington Capitol games before Ovechkin got there. It was a ghost town. They were they, Nobody cared about them. And then Ovechkin gets there. The building is full every single night. The Washington Capitals matter. But how frustrating is it for that fan base that every year they watch the best team in the regular season only lose in the first or second round every single year now for a dozen years? So if it's about winning a Stanley Cup, you have to look at everything. You have to turn over every single rock. Now, I'm not completely committed to it, but I think you have to have a conversation about it. Well, as I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks and talking about it on game misconduct, now the Capitals have officially had their season come to an end. Barry Melrose was on Mike and Mike this morning on 98.7 ESPN, and of course, around our networks, and he talked about the possibility and even goes as far as to say should that the Capitals should part ways with Alexander Ovechkin. They fired a GM. They fired five or six coaches in those 10 years. And and the common thread through the whole organization is they haven't got to the third round. They always make the playoffs. They always they, they usually are in the running for the President's Trophy. The last two years they won the President's Trophy for the most points during the regular season, and they still don't go by the third year. And I've always been an Alex Ovechkin booster. I, I think he works his butt off. I think he's a, he's a good soldier. He's, a, he's a, a good teammate, plays hard all the time. But the bottom line is it's not working in Washington. And, and if they're really serious about taking a run at winning the Cup, then I think they have to explore the option of moving Alex Ovechkin. See, here's the thing. If you're content with filling the building and content with being relevant and being a part of the conversation in the Washington landscape, well, then I guess you sit back and you have Ovechkin be that piece. But if you're serious about wanting to win a championship, and it seems like the Capitals are based on the decisions that they made. You heard Barry say they've gone through coaches. They've gone through GMs. They've gone through goaltenders. They've made changes around Alexander Ovechkin. It's not like they haven't tried. So when you fail at that length of time, you have to look at what has been the common denominator in all of those seasons, and it's been Ovechkin. Again, it's hard to trade him and not make it seem like he's to blame, but sometimes you have to make very difficult decisions if you want to shake it up. And if you turned over every single rock and it's not working, if there's one rock you haven't turned over, don't you have an obligation to try to go for it one more time? And Barry said, you know what? Ovechkin should welcome a trade. It would be good for him. I think if you see what goes on now, last night they lose, Alex gets blamed. You know, Alex is not a winner. Alex can't win. Alex can't beat Crosby. Alex can't do this. Alex can't do that. So in fairness to him, he needs a new start some other place and gets this monkey off his back and, and tries to win a cup with another team. Because like I said, you know, 11, 10, 11 years is long enough to try something and, and continue to lose and, and not, you know, basically gain any headway at all. You cannot fault Barry for having that opinion, and you can't fault people speculating about that possibility. Now, if you ask me, would Washington do it? I would say no. I think Ted Leonsis has a relationship with Ovechkin. I think Ted Leonsis likes the fact that his team is relevant because one of the greatest players in the history of the sport plays for his team. But you can't completely knock the opinion. You can't. And this is not basketball where it comes down to one player. But it's interesting. Just do it in your own mind's eye. Sit back. If you're at work today, start to just write down the names of the greatest players that you've seen since the expansion era over the last 50 years. 
the greatest players in the game, list them. And in the era in which it has taken four rounds to win a Stanley Cup, how many of those truly great players, and I think Alexander Ovechkin is truly a great player, how many of them didn't even make it to the conference final? We're not talking about not winning a cup. We're not talking about not going to the Stanley Cup final. They haven't gotten out of the second round. Now, he's been hurt by the format the last couple of years because this should have been a conference final matchup. And I do believe if they had matched up against a lesser opponent than Pittsburgh, they would have made it to the third round. But even if we're having a conversation about a guy never playing in a Stanley Cup final, because even if they played Pittsburgh in the conference final, they're still not winning a Stanley Cup. They're still not getting to the cusp of winning a Stanley Cup. And he hasn't won internationally either. So I don't want to completely blame it on him, but there's just something around. And I thought Barry brought it up great. This is a really, truly great player that probably has to go through a lot of the negativity around his own community that he hasn't been able to bring that team to the promised land. A team half as good as this Washington Capitals team. The 98 Caps were the only team that's ever gone to a final. I mean, you're going to tell me that Peter Bondra is a better Washington Capital than Alexander Ovechkin? I refuse to believe it. But if you truly want to win a cup, you got to look at everything. And I, and I think Barry's right, and I think I'm right to have that opinion. Would I eventually pull the trigger? I'm not sure. But I have to think about it. And I have to at least put out feelers to see what I can get in return. And maybe I can get a more well-rounded team that has a better chance of doing it. Now, on the Pittsburgh Penguins side of it, you talk about DNA. And you go back to when Sidney Crosby suffered those concussions and then Pittsburgh just couldn't figure it out. And they were beaten by the Rangers in 2014, blowing the 3-1 series lead. And it looked like, all right, things have kind of petered out for the Penguins, right? Flurry can't win a big game. Uh, Crosby's a no-show in the postseason. And maybe it looked like Pittsburgh has seen better days. But, but under Sullivan and Ovechkin back and healthy, this is now another great, I don't want to say dynasty, but this is a team that's every bit as good as the team that went to back-to-back finals in 08 and 09 and won a Stanley Cup in 2009 or poised to maybe win another one. Malkin's been a beast. There's been many ancillary players that have been able to step up. Rust got the game-winning goal last night. Benino's been a really good player for this team. They did some really nice things on the blue line. And Marc-Andre Fleury, who wasn't even supposed to be the starting goaltender for the Penguins, if you remember, Matt Murray got hurt in warm-ups in Game 1 against Columbus. Flurry steps in and did a tremendous job. Pittsburgh is poised to take on the Ottawa Senators, and I got to tell you, I love Pittsburgh in this series. I do. You know, I, I thought the Rangers were better than Ottawa, but the Rangers couldn't finish. This Penguins team can finish. They've got the goaltending. They got the star power. They're deep. Their blue line has survived some of the injuries they've survived. I don't think Ottawa's equipped to beat them. I don't. Now you got to respect what the Senators did, and I won't say a sweep, so I'll say Pittsburgh in six. But I think Pittsburgh's going back to the Stanley Cup final. Now on the other side of the coin. You've got the Edmonton Oilers, who are who have a tremendous future, and they did everything they could to try to crack the code of Gibson last night, but give the Ducks credit. Think of the history the Ducks are going up against. We talk about the Capitals' history, which is extensive. The Ducks, four straight Game 7 losses in the last four years, all of them at home, and in none of the four Game 7s did they even have a lead. No team in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs have ever lost five consecutive Game 7s. That's what the Ducks were going up against last night, against a team that beat the Ducks 7-1 to in Game 6, the Edmonton Oilers. And to boot, the Oilers score the first goal. So now you're in the second period, you're down one nothing, and the history floods in. But give credit 
where credit is due, they got the job done. They found a way. Getzloff was great again, as he's been the entire playoffs. I think you have to think that Getzloff has an excellent opportunity to be the Conn Smythe Trophy winner for the playoff MVP when it's all said and done. He had a tremendous series. But it's Andrew Cagliano that gets his first goal of the postseason that ties it at 8.55 of the second period. And then Nick Ritchie at 3.21 of the third breaks the tie. First time in the last five game sevens the Ducks even had a lead. They held on, but defensively the Ducks played well. Long stretches in this game in which the high-powered Edmonton Oilers couldn't even get a shot on Gibson. I still think Gibson's the Achilles heel on this Ducks team, but the defense really did a good job protecting him during the course of the game. He wasn't asked to do a lot, and when he needed to make the save late when they pulled the goaltender. He did get it. Edmonton's day is going to come. We had Jack Michaels on game misconduct yesterday. Believe me, the Edmonton Oilers, Toronto Maple Leafs, teams that lost in these playoffs are, have a tremendous future. The Ducks' future is now, and they deserve to go to the conference final. They closed out the season well, but it's just amazing to me. You talk about these Game 7s, right? And you talk about all the superstar players that are in Game 7. Who scored the five goals last night in the Game 7s? Right, None for the Washington Capitals. Pittsburgh gets their two goals from Rust and Hornquist. Edmonton gets their goal from um, Drake Cadrula. And the, the Anaheim Ducks get goals from Andrew Cogliano and Nick Ritchie to win. So we talk so much about the superstars, so much about all the guys that carry the water for these teams, and it ends up being those guys that you don't think about that help you win the game. Now they go up against the Nashville Predator team. If I had the rate, the four teams in order, who has the best chance to win a Stanley Cup, even though the Penguins are the defending Stanley Cup champions, I still put Nashville one. I think Nashville's deep. I love their coach, Peter Laviolette. I think Pecorino is the best goaltender left of these four in the playoffs. The best line in the playoffs has been that Arvidsson, Johansson, and Forsberg line. I love the Nashville Predators to win this series, and I love them to win the Stanley Cup. But we'll get to the Stanley Cup final in just a bit. But right now, you've got your final four, and I think it's going to be the Nashville Predators versus the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 2017 Stanley Cup final. I'm going to be doing some hosting during the course of the conference finals for Westwood One, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be doing some pre and post, including this Sunday, Mother's Day. Uh, for that uh, Game 2 of the Western Conference Final. So I'm looking forward to that. So you're going to be able to hear me a little bit more on some national radio outside of the podcast. Let's close it out with your Game Misconduct tweets. You can get in touch with me at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Uh, Tomas says, big ups to the Ducks. They beat their demons in Western Conference Finals. Will be awesome. I do agree with you. He also said, oh, Caps, don't blow it up. The open window is gone. But this team still has enough game-changing talent to contend. But, Tomas, as I mentioned to you before, a lot of that game-changing is they're restricted or unrestricted free agents. Barakovsky and Kuznetsov, two of their young stars, are restricted free agents. they got to get paid. Oshi is a is an unrestricted free agent. You know, Shattenkirk is an unrestricted free agent. Justin Williams, unrestricted free agent. So you're going to have to pay these guys. That's why I'm bringing up the conversation about possibly blowing this thing up. Mark Haller, should the Capitals trade Alexander Ovechkin? Well, you've heard my opinion on that. Uh, Steve says, was last night Game 7 win for the Pens a Caps choke, or were the Pens just a better team? Well, here's what I'd say about the choking aspect of it. If they were battling history then wouldn't they have lost Game 5 when they were down 2-1 going into the third period? 
If it was about them not being able to beat the Penguins because of the history, would they have won on the road in Game 6, 5-2, to two, scoring five unanswered goals? So it only reared its head in Game 7? Now, I'm not going to say history is something you completely ignore, but maybe the Penguins were better. And I think it's more about the Penguins' DNA winning those big games, knowing how to win those big games more so than the Capitals. I think that's a very underrated thing in sports. We talk about clutch. But deeper than clutch is, do you know how to win? Do you know how to handle adversity? You know, Washington came out strong in that first period, but then at the end of the period, Penguins ended up out shooting them. Once the Penguins got their sea legs, to me, they just were the better team because they knew how to win those games. Uh, Brett says the difference in Capitals' loss from Rangers' loss is Caps came out on fire in first. Rangers didn't show up still till the third. Pittsburgh better. So... Couldn't have said it better myself. They survived that first punch the Capitals threw at them because they know how to play in these situations. And eventually, like I said, once they got their game together, they turned up to be the better team. Chris says, after that loss, what do the Capitals need to do to get past the second round? Well, as I said, I think they need to really consider thinking about trading Alexander Ovechkin. It's a tough thing to do. Very tough. Well, the Yankees, if they were running that situation, not winning championships, traded Derek Jeter. You know, would the Giants trade Eli Manning if they had never won? I mean, some of the faces of the franchise. But you have to ask yourself, are you in the, are you in the entertainment business to have the best players on the ice and be relevant every single year and not get to the conference final, or do you want to win a Stanley Cup? And I think those fans in Washington deserve a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And if you want to do it, You've got to take a look at every single opportunity to make yourself better. I agree with Barry Milrose. It's something that I would seriously consider during the course of the offseason. So you set up for the conference finals. I'm picking Pittsburgh. I'm picking Nashville. You can send your tweets to me at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. I'll be back with you again on Monday because Monday we'll be able to recap the weekend and, of course, have our weekly spot with EJ Raddick. So thanks so much for listening. It was a lot of fun today. Enjoy the conference finals over the weekend. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.